Hello, everyone. It's another wonderful episode of the Four Guys Roundtable. It's December 6th. Mm-hmm. Night before Easter Christmas. I guess so. My son keeps reminding me every day. Hey, Daddy, it's another day to close to Christmas. I'm like, hey, you know what? He doesn't care right now. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I do. I do. Well, bah not, humbug. Uh, Jeremy, so, uh, Mr. Oh, humbug. <laughs> oh, bah humbug. It's down here in North Carolina. Oh, it's 43 degrees. It's pretty, pretty chill. Not too cold. Is uh, you guys up north? You got like 16 inches of snow in Ohio and uh, whatever's going on in Pennsylvania. I don't know, but it, uh, it's been, it's been nothing. It's been nothing but rain here. They didn't get any yeah. of the snow. We, okay. I was the only one fortunate enough to get the snow. Yep. He lives closer to Erie Lake than we do. So it yeah. turned into rain by the time it got here. Lake effect snow is a lot oh. of fun. Somebody who spent winters in South Bend, Indiana will tell you. And I have. I mean, just being in South Bend, Indiana is bad enough. So. Yeah, it's one of those weird things because it's, like, it's almost uh, like someone drinking some beer or some shit. What'd you say? He said you got the burps going on. Yeah, man, you know, someone drinking some beer? Someone got some beer drinking going on this evening or what? Drinking too much of that bubbly? I mean, I'm definitely not drinking, so. <laughs> nah, he's just gassing up our podcast here with disgustingness. Thank you, sir. This is not a bodily function podcast, damn it. <laughs> Well, the good thing is that, uh, thank goodness, because usually I have gas coming out the other end. <laughs> so I'm just glad that that doesn't get picked up by the microphones at all. So, And you yeah. definitely can't smell it either. So that's yes. a good thing, too. No smell of vision yet on YouTube or any <laughs> other thing. So we're good there. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah please, please let's not have any Rudy Giuliani moments today. <laughs> What, did he fart like during an interview or something like that? During this hearing that happened in Michigan, there was a very uh, uh, apparently audible sound as he was speaking that sounded like a fart, and it's like, yeah, it, it was him. Yeah. <laughs> they they, they pulled that on Saturday Night Live last night, too. Uh, nice. I have to go watch that then. <laughs> SNL, they, of course, exaggerated by having him do it like multiple times, but I also had like, you know the people's reactions to it and of course he's he was blaming it on other people he was like, he's like oh that was you, you know, so, <laughs> there was know, a the, the jokes, there I'm was sure. a there was a lady at work about like on black friday i think it was either black friday or the day after you know me guys i'm not i'm definitely not mr christmas spirit and she said something to me and i'm just like yeah I'm not really into the. I'm not really into the holidays. I'm not really into Christmas. So when she was like leaving, she's like, "Have a nice day. I hope somebody shares their Christmas cheer with you." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, you bitch." You know, so, when when somebody tells me that they don't like this, that, or the other thing, uh, especially when it's like a stranger in like a public setting like that. Yeah, it's always my intention then to uh, <laughs> be an asshole. Basically, that's what she was. She was an asshole. Try to play like one-upsmanship or something. I, I, I don't get why people feel the need to. 
I don't even know what I don't really know what they have like like the right term for it is like push their views on you, spread their joy. Well, it's not so much pushing a view. It's 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 just like oh, you should enjoy. Here, guys, look. This is what I have to wear at work. (laughs) Sweet. With your height, you fit the perfect uh, elfin. I just put an elf hat on. I had an elf hat on. Thankfully, only one of the only my main store makes me wear it. All the other stores are like, you can wear it if you want, but we're not going to force you to wear it. I'm like, thank you. It's been it's been forever since I've been in retail now, luckily. But yeah, if somebody were to come to me now and say you have to wear this, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm Christmassy as the next person. I'm not wearing that. <laughs> I'm not wearing that. I'm 39 years old. Do <laughs> people in their teens and 20s wear that shit? <laughs> and see, that's. And see, that's the thing, like for me, hats, like when I'm working and I'm moving around like AJ does working in retail like that, I get very hot. You put me in a hat, I'm going to just sweat like a freaking pig. So like that's the worst thing you can do. So it's not even about being in the Christmas spirit for me. It's about having to be super hot and have no way for that heat to escape my head because even if like if I mow the grass, like if I go out and mow the grass like right now, it's freaking winter. It's December and it's like 30 some degrees out. If I throw a hoodie on and go mow the grass, I'm coming and I am just I'm sweaty. Like that's just I, I get too hot too quick sometimes depending on what I'm doing. If anything that involves me actually moving around and for those people that are out there, well, it's probably because he's out of shape. No, it's not because I'm out of shape. I just I'm just hot. Like when I start whenever I do anything that's physical, I get super hot. I, I know what you mean by that because I'm gonna cut my nice little collection of baseball caps off to my right here, and I like never wear them anymore. Like no matter what time of year it is, like even when it gets cold now, I just like never seem to wear them. I just mm-hmm. I don't know if I've grown out of them or something, but I just I, I just like never feel like putting one on. But um, you're still cutting your grass. I could right now. I could if I wanted to. Joe ah, is very clear now. Yeah. Joe, your picture's very clear now. <laughs> Yeah, you all see my beautiful face now. Yes. yes. I don't know about the beautiful face part of it, but <laughs> we can see you. Oh, I, I've always found it my to be great beard. Thank you, <laughs> if you were to pick one of the four of us as the photogenic one, it's definitely him. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> sorry, 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 Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> Joe, I, I, a- I actually I actually asked Zach one time about our little friend group and he said Joe is the hot uh-huh. one. Oh god. <laughs> and Zach is now evidently the uh non heterosexual one. No, he was just saying that's what Joe's <laughs> part in this is. So yeah. Uh-huh. We've seen that plenty of times too when we go we've been out in public and you know, it now seems like Women just seem to kind of gravitate to Joe without him even having to do anything. What do you mean, Pat? They usually flock to you. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's the essence somebody... of darkness in him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> where the hell is it where we were once where everybody started saying, like, those couple girls were saying to Joe's, like, like, he looks like that one wrestler, uh, 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 Triple A. Yeah, we were at the movie theaters that, that time. Movies? That yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so my hair was long and beautiful. And <laughs> yeah, and we were laughing our asses off that they thought he looked like Triple H because wasn't at the time where we were always oh. constantly watching Batista? Yeah. Yeah. Batista. Well, I don't have a big nose. <laughs> yeah, no, if you no, your schnoz is definitely yeah, not something you can dive off of. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H's diving board nose could be uh, <laughs> a nice platform. But anyway. What saying? <laughs> Joe, did you watch did you watch any of it tonight? It was good. I watched all of it. It was good. I thought it was good. I think the women's war games match might have been the best match, actually. Probably, yeah. All the matches were pretty hard hitting. It was good. It was a good. It was a good. Pat McAfee definitely can do do what he's got to do when he has to do it. Yeah, he can. Slobber knocker. Slobber knocker. Hard in slobber knocker, bro. Uh, yeah, how, how about uh, Pat Patterson passing away? I mean, that's, that one, he was one of the legitimate, like, good guys in wrestling. Like, he was, like, everybody liked yeah. Pat Patterson. Like, nobody didn't like Pat Patterson, so. I haven't ever heard one person say one bad thing against him except, well, I mean, I'll, I'll mention it in a second. Um, but it's like, I guess it's like, you know, you should never be surprised when somebody who's 79 years old passes away. But it's like, when you don't hear about it beforehand when you never even hear mm-hmm. anything about oh pat's not doing so well it's like with howard yeah. finkel like, i heard for like a couple of years before he passed that he wasn't in good shape and every other thing and like if you know if you were to hear that rick flair were to were to pass away it's like he's had a lot of health problems lately and if you were to hear that jerry lawler passed away well he had a freaking heart attack on air mm-hmm. uh and the show must go on. <laughs> it, it is a little hard to stop a live show. So <laughs> anything tragic that happens in WWE, the show must go on. <laughs> live show or pay per view, the show. We 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 know that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens should Vince pass away when during a live show. But yeah. Um. Oh no! That goes. Huh? But but anyway, yeah, it's like you don't hear anybody say anything bad about Pat Patterson. It's like the only person who people who might the ring boys from that scandal back in the early nineties, but you know, from what I've also heard about that it's actually debatable as to how much Pat Patterson was ever actually involved in that and the people who were really like kind of closest to the situation seem to think that he got roped up in it just because he was gay. Um but so that's unfortunate. But it's like Think of what a trailblazer this guy was. I mean, again, you know, he was the first Intercontinental Champion. He came up with a Royal Rumble match. He was, like, the first, like, openly gay real superstar in the world of wrestling, period. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what it was. Um, a lot of the, his good stuff, like they even said, like, when he was tagging with Ray Stevens, you know, it was kind of, like, lost to the ages. Like, there's no video of that. So that's a little disappointing that you can't, you can't, you can't really go back and see that stuff. But if you ever see that, that like... I don't know what they called it, like a boot camp match or something. That, that match he had in the garden with Sergeant Slaughter in the early 80s. Yeah, yeah that was a good match. Yeah, it turned into like a pretty big bloodbath because Slaughter just seemed to blade himself way too severely. But 
Yeah, that was basically hardcore wrestling before hardcore wrestling. So and and, and all the stuff that he, all the people he helped backstage, like The Rock, The Rock, like I, we don't get The Rock without Pat Patterson. I just don't think it happens. Yeah, so. I mean, he was he was regarded as being like you know like the best finish guy in the business and everything. Uh, I mean, he was the one guy who they very famously could not. Uh, smart enough that they were about to screw Brett because they said he probably would have gone to Brett and told him because he was, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. probably the fact that they were both Canadian had something to do with that, of course. Um, but so it was, it was, it was very sad to see that happen. But um, this morning I did go back and I actually watched the, like the, the video of the 10 bell salute that they did at the beginning of SmackDown. And I got to say Vince, I mean, he didn't look or sound great at survivor series during mm-hmm. the under he looked unsteady, like he was having a hard time, like standing like straight and everything. And I think that was probably the closest I've ever seen to Vince McMahon crying was. And, and that's why I was like, I found it kind of interesting that they didn't really have any up close shots. And I could have been a COVID precaution anyway, but they weren't getting too close to him. And I almost wonder if he ordered that because, you know, I don't want to I'm not trying to speak ill of the guy or anything, but Vince is 75. He's got to be starting to stare down the barrels of his own mortality at this point, no matter how many times he said, I'm not going to die. Uh, well, and Pat Patterson was a close, dear friend of his, like for ever. Yeah, you know? and that's why, too. Yeah. I mean, like, so you know, they were working together for pretty much, I think you got to say close to 40 years. So when yeah. when. When they did like the tribute to him on the TV programs, the the picture of him and Dusty was the one that made me like tear up when they showed him sitting with Dusty. So, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> it happened from time to time. There were, there were a couple. There were a couple that they showed, which yeah, which I I kind of got, uh, you know, that you got a little misty eyed about the one that you know didn't really make me misty eyed, but it still just made gave you an appreciation for. Both men it was like it was when uh, he was an announcer and he was interviewing Andre, and just seeing him standing next to Andre, you still just get an appreciation for just how huge of a man Andre was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's you know it's, it's it's that's the unfortunate thing. You know, a lot of guys of that age are you know starting to get up there. Guys, we started watching. I mean, we're going to lose more of them, unfortunately, as the years go on. And you know, hopefully, they'll keep producing nice tributes. But you know. We, 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 this this has been this has been a like I this is kind of morbid. I keep like a list of like I keep like a list of like famous people who pass away and I kind of just like you know look back at it on the end of the year or whatever. This has been kind of a bad year for wrestlers. Like uh, Pampero Furpo passed away. He was like a, an old territory guy who a lot of people said was like the inspiration for Randy Savage doing the oh yeah. Um, Rocky Johnson died. You know, the Rock's the Rock's father. Um, Kamala died. Uh, there was there's been a few others. I mean, it, it just seems like there this is uh, uh, Joe. Joe Pedicino died, who was a guy who was uh, he worked for WCW and he worked for some other territories as like an announcer and an interviewer and everything. And he was one of the guys that almost like did like the dirt sheet before it was kind of called a dirt sheet in a way. Um uh, Shad from Crime Time died, and he died mm-hmm. trying to, you know, saving his son from drowning. Yeah. So, you know, so that was that was pretty sad. Uh, Mr. Wrestling Two died. Uh, Killer Killer Tim Brooks, who was another old territory guy, 
died. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just unfortunately. Uh, well, Howard Finkel, I think, was this year too. Um, so yeah, it's just it's not been a real great year, unfortunately, for wrestling personalities in that respect. So it's uh, listen, Sean Connery died. Not said. Yeah, Bond, well, James Bond. Uh, oh, Most and of course. Two, two of the more recent, uh, you know, wrestling ones, uh, you know, Bullet Bob Armstrong died and, uh, you know, Red Warrior Animal died, so. Yeah. So, on a wrestling note, a more happy wrestling note <laughs> than Mr. Morbid over there. Um, <laughs> an ADW. <laughs> no, not that. I don't give nah. a shit about that. That, that means... <laughs> Absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> um, still is an insignificant speck on the wall. You uh, mentioned Sergeant shit. Slaughter in the boot camp, the boot camp match. When you said that, that sparked a little thing that always reminds me. Like I was a big fan of GI Joe. I loved GI Joe when I was growing up and loved watching that. And I always, always loved Sergeant Slaughter in the G.I. Joe commercials, <laughs> like calling everybody a maggot and all this fun stuff. And that's actually what made me enjoy Sergeant Slaughter as a wrestler was Sergeant Slaughter on G.I. Joe. I still have a Sergeant Slaughter four, uh, three inch, three and a three quarter inch uh, action, figure. action figure. Like, yep. so with the hat and everything, it's really cool. I don't know. I, I just had to throw that in because it's always there's. Just, Childhood memories. There's, yeah. there's I'm like two, there's like two sides of the Sting thing. Like I get it that WWE ruined his end, so and he wants to have a better finish than he got in WWE. I get that, but the sixty-year-old guy showing up and taking a spot from somebody is is where my problem is. Like they don't need him to wrestle, and he's going to wrestle probably, and they, I just I don't think it needs to happen. So, but I, it's. You mentioned that, but what can he even do? He he can't take bumps. He's got fucking spinal stenosis. I mean, one wrong one wrong landing and you're paralyzed, or worse. So uh, it's I don't even think it's so much that he's taking his spot. It's just w- what do they do with him? I mean, it, does he become the commissioner or like the matchmaker? I mean, no. that's that's yeah, such that, so. waste. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. (laughs) I was thinking about Fiddler on the Roof earlier today. Um, But seriously, I just, I just don't, I don't really, I don't really see what, what they, what value they get out of him. He's just going to be an opposing force. Opposing force of state. There's one thing that I can see that he would do for AEW, sell merchandise. But beyond that, I I don't really see what he's going to do. Which he, which he's already done. Which so maybe, maybe, yeah. just maybe, he can have lightning shoot out his ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the stuff that they've done on AEW recently, I'm sure that would fit right I, in. I did see. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did see a, I did see a funny meme like the night after that. I saw a meme and it was like Vince on the phone with the Undertaker and it said, "Hey, Mark, can you show up on Wednesday on NXT next week?" <laughs> Yeah, I guess Sting asked for a cinematic match with Undertaker, and Vince turned it down. Yeah, that's I I gotta say that that feels like a pretty stupid decision. I mean, (laughs) yep. Um, Yeah, it's like hey, Undertaker cinematic would have worked. Right, and it's like hey, he 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 willingly lost to Triple H at WrestleMania, so I'm sure you have enough. I'm sure he'll decide to take Mark Steadle. That would uh, watch that. Yeah. All right. 
So with all that wrestling stuff said, let's move on to something more fun. Because I was, I'll be honest, I was ready to move on to something else. I didn't, talk, I didn't want to talk about Sting. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I don't really either. So, well, technically, never competed. Well, I'm about YouTube. What's that? You're a you're a Sting, Mark Joe. Not we're not. So, like, that's. Jabronis. <laughs> I like Sting. I just don't see what what he, good he's going to be to AEW. That's like that's when that happened the other night. I'm like, wow, whoopie doo. <laughs> All right, so I think it's time to start this damn thing that we call a podcast. So, good old Theo, what in the hell are we talking about today? We are talking comedy movies. Ooh, my favorite and, kind of movie, a comedy. And make you fart, cry, and shit all at once. <laughs> like in Grown Ups. Yes. Correct. Quite possibly. <laughs> and I also like a good rom-com, a romantic comedy, too. Because, hey, comedy's comedy. I don't care what kind of comedy. That is, that is true. So, when it comes to comedy movies, yes, we should start off. What I, I don't even know. Should we say what makes a good comedy movie, or just uh, excuse I don't me? Know. So I know we have some talking points here. So I'll go right to the talking points and say, what type of humor do you like better? Do you like slapstick? Do you like dirty or naughty or raunchy or you know what? What makes a good comedy movie? Like, what kind of comedy do you like to hear? Like, Darth Pat, what kind of comedy do you prefer? Intellectual comedy? Or you are an intellectual comedic guy? Do you need a plot? I think it depends. <laughs> I, I've always been more of a fan of, I guess you would say, like, like, like witty, wit, witty comedy, like wordplay, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But... Uh, I mean, physical comedy can be just as entertaining as well. Um, Did you mean you know, foreplay or wordplay, Pat? <laughs> I did not mean foreplay. <laughs> That's all right. AJ doesn't know what foreplay is either, so it's right. okay. Right. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. You just quoted three amigos, didn't you? <laughs> if I did, I didn't mean to. <laughs> Oh. Wait, have you not seen Three Amigos? Three Amigos. Uh, it's been a very, very long time. <laughs> he quoted it, so now he should do the do the little thing that they do. There was a big change of dialogue between the female characters and Three Amigos, where the one telling the other, it's like you know, you like you will be a guapo's like you know woman tonight, and you know it's like he's like, do you know what foreplay is? No. Good. Neither does El Guapo. So, <laughs> um, no. I mean, oh, there, there's comedy. Comedy is hard to define because again, there's there's different forms, there's different types, and sometimes I'm just like in the mood for like different things. Like do I, like, I may not be in the mood for a comedy where you really have to pay attention to every line of dialogue to catch the jokes because they're like more subtle or they're just not as obvious. I might be in the mood for something that's a little bit more broad and obvious and things like that. You know, it just, it just kind of depends. Um, you know, so. So you, I got, I got to ask who, who of us, does anybody like British humor? Oh, I because definitely it is definitely different. Not me. It, it, it definitely is. I but I mean, point. my, my dad introduced me to Monty Python pretty early on in my life, so um, yeah, I've always been a huge Monty Python fan. 
Um, that's pretty much the pinnacle of British humor. But we also watch stuff like Faulty Towers and Mr. Bean and uh, Mr. Bean. Yeah, I love Mr. Bean. Uh, you know, <laughs> few, cool. few other few other British shows here and there that have been you know really good. So it is definitely different. But I mean, British comedy is definitely uh, a bit more. I mean, generally speaking, because there's like Benny Hill, which is not what I'm about to say. Uh, British humor is generally a little bit more intellectual in the sense that like they they'll make references to historical figures and things of that sort. So if, if you don't really know what that is, you might have to, you know, like look it up. I mean, there's still like jokes in Monty Python that I don't get because they're referencing somebody British that I don't know who it is or what they were or that kind of thing. And I'll have to go mm-hmm. look up and I'm like, oh, OK, now I get it. Oh, yeah. So how about you, AJ? Uh, I like the filthy, raunchy humor. That's my preference. So, so you definitely were uh, enjoyed Grown Ups. I'm gonna say you enjoyed that movie quite, quite a uh, bit. American Pie and those movies I really liked. That's like <laughs> that. That's the kind of filth and potty humor and sex humor and all that stuff. So, what does Third Base feel like? <laughs> Warm apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my, even my, like my favorite, like female. I like Melissa McCarthy and I like Tiffany Haddish because they're foul mouthed and they, they're, they're, it's potty humor and foul mouth stuff with them too. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, when it comes to humor, I don't want to have to think too hard about it. Like if I've got to think about what the joke's <laughs> supposed to be, that's too much. That's way too highbrow for me. Like some people enjoy that kind of humor. I personally don't like if I'm watching a comedy movie, my hope of her purpose of watching a comedy movie is to really just not have to think and just enjoy an hour and a half to two hours of of a movie. And that's really it. Or even in like a TV show that I watch, like Benny Hill and stuff like that, like old going old school, like British stuff. Benny Hill, I like to watch him. Mr. Bean, I did enjoy Monty Python. The Monty Python movies were really good. Um, But yeah it's that disconnection and not having to think I think enough throughout the day. I don't need to think <laughs> in my humor too. So I have other movies that I watch when I want to think. Um, how about you, Theo? Um, I don't have a preference as far as like a, a favorite one. I like them all. I'll just kind of like what mood I'm in is what kind of humor I'm looking for. Or what, what I really need to watch to make me laugh at that moment or that day. Of course, I like the raunchy stuff. Who doesn't <laughs> like the raunchy stuff? Pat. Um, so besides maybe Patrick, I, you know, you know, I can go. I can go from anywhere watching like coming um, trains, planes, and automobiles to I don't know Caddyshack or whatever the case may be, or Airplane. For God's sake, that shit made me laugh. I mean, it's, it's older movies, but or Wayne's World. There we go. Some crazy ass Wayne's World shit. Those guys, pothead people, whatever. They make me laugh too. I'm all by any of that and any of that type of comedy. I'm good with all of it. If you can get me to laugh, you're good. Well, yeah, just I mean, you're talking about Wayne's World, it makes me think of uh, the all the Austin Powers movies that yeah. Mike Myers did. Like those movies were just they were to the point at at times like they were so stupid they were funny. Like, yeah, like you couldn't help but laugh because it was so dumb. 
with like the Dutch guy. He's like, would you like a smoke and a pancake? You know, and he starts going through all the different things like smoke and a pancake or it's just like, like, get, this is so get stupid, in my belly. Just, yeah. And then, you know, uh, what the heck was, what the heck was that? Fat bastard. Fat bastard. You know, you're loaded on the food chain. Get in my belly. You know, just stupid shit like that makes you laugh. And it's like, this is so dumb that it's really funny. Like, so I know this just, wasn't a movie, it was a TV show, but um, Beavis and Butthead, I mean, like, the word bungholio, I just, that shit, when I heard them say bungholio <laughs> for the first time, I just used that shit in my everyday <laughs> life. I was bringing my friends to joke around, oh, you bungholio, I, you fucking love that word, it was fucking hilarious, we used to use it all the time, just the stupid shit. Like I remember when I remember when the Chappelle show came out, that was hilarious. Like I I watched that show every week and thought that show was great. All right. So did did all of us watch too? Did all of us watch the Chappelle show at some point in time? Absolutely. Yes. Every yes. season. So favorite. Okay, since we're talking about the Chappelle show, yes. we've all seen favorite skit of all time from Chappelle show. Uh, AJ. Uh, I gotta think about it. Maybe maybe the. The racial draft, or <laughs> Rick, Rick James. Uh, Rick James is one of my favorite ones that he's done. I take the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> Rick James is definitely one of my favorites. If I if I I'm trying to remember that because there was a lot of different characters, but doesn't uh, don't the don't the uh, the 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 blacks draft um, Tiger Woods? He's like, and I'm finally black. I'm finally <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He does some crazy ass shit. Um, Ch- Ch- I, in a lot of ways, I feel like Chappelle's show was really like the last, like truly like groundbreaking thing. Funny, that, hit, hit that was funny. And that was like you know that's over 15 years ago now, which mm-hmm. maybe is kind of a it's, it's more of a sad reflection. I think the way comedy's been a little stagnant in terms of like you know reaching new grounds and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Rick James sketch, I mean, really the Rick James show, you know, <laughs> episode. I, I remember the first time I saw that, I was pretty sure it was at AJ's house. I honestly don't remember laughing that hard and that, and, and for that long a period of time where I was like, like really like gasping for air a couple times. Um, when he does little yeah. John, when he does little John, those were funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember gasping for air. The Rick James part, where he was doing the whole thing, like you know, see, I never just you know ground my feet up on somebody's couch. I get something to do. I got a little more sense than that. <laughs> yeah, I grounded my feet up on Eddie's couch, and then they did the rewind thing, and like <laughs> I, I, I that part just really got me. But I mean, the the thing too about Chappelle show, the very first episode, they did the Clayton Bigsby sketch. <laughs> That's my favorite sketch of all time. Is Clayton Bigsy rock white supremacist? <laughs> they do this sketch, which you know, hey, it's like you know, it was controversial, of course, because the way that they were using the N word, which yes, of course, that's going to be. But at the same time, they were really kind of holding up a mirror to a lot of people, as if to say. And yeah. a lot of ways that, and, and in a lot of ways, that's really what the best kind of comedy is. The best kind of comedy is is the kind that really does make you uncomfortable on certain levels and makes you have to like yeah. you know kind of confront your own beliefs or prejudices and, and things of that sort. And goddamn, if that sketch didn't do it, so. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, when you when he's like, I got I got to show my face. He's like, no, Clayton, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, like, I got to do it. He takes off his hood and like you his... just see the white people's heads starting to explode. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah, and the one guy's head explodes and everything. So like they, they definitely got broad with it at that point. And everything, but it, it, that, that was still that was still a pretty good moment of just, you know. Right. Yeah. And you said the Rick James skits and stuff like that. You know, one of my favorite yeah. lines, what what did a five finger say to the face? Slap. <laughs> slash, <laughs> slash, slash Charlie Murphy in the face. And like, oh, yeah, the, the, the little John stuff was great. The racial draft was great. Um, you know, the, the Charlie Murphy, uh, you know, true Hollywood story about Prince too was also great <laughs> because people have confirmed that that did happen. <laughs> Not maybe like maybe not like exactly in the way that it was described, but they did say that that something like that. Somebody I think it was in like Prince's entourage at the time did confirm that that actually happened. You know, more or less the way they depicted it. So, and then there was the reparations skit. Oh, we're all, God, we're yeah. all, where everybody, all the, everybody, all the black people got reparations. That shit was hilarious because he essentially made fun of everybody that. <laughs> You know, he made fun of his own people, like to the point where he's like, I know what, like, it, I know what you guys, I know what every one of these motherfuckers would do if they all, if they, if they got reparations. And he showed it exactly like from his point of view, you know, being a black man, a black man in America, how, how he feels is his, his cohorts would uh, use that money. And it, it just makes you laugh because it's like just so realistic. And that's what I loved about the Chappelle show. Like he took his point of view as a, a black man in America and made light of everything and made fun of everything. Like he yeah. pulled no punches. Like his show could not exist in today's day and age with all the censorship and the you can't hurt anybody's feelings stuff. Like his show could not exist. Um, his his stand up comedy is the same way. Like I've seen all his stand up stuff and he makes fun of all races. Chris Rock is another guy who will make fun of whoever, like he doesn't, he yeah. didn't care when he was doing his stand up. So they would make me laugh even more because they weren't afraid to go down the white man road or that road or whatever. They would make fun of whoever they needed to make fun of. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like when Chappelle was on SNL a few weeks ago, his monologue was a bit controversial too, with some of the things that he said, I thought it was pretty funny throughout and i knew what he was like going yeah. for but both of my sisters were watching it and they thought they did they thought it was uneven at best they they were you know <laughs> as did there were some parts that that they thought were not funny as to parts that they thought were funny so and i'm just saying like i'm like that's Chappelle. what do you expect i mean what he's he gonna he's gonna push those boundaries you know and if right. you can't if if you can't handle it, then yeah, sorry, really we kind of, really got to say more about you. We, so. we digressed from comedy movies a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Comedy takes all forms. Really. Okay. Some of the best comedy that we've seen is probably TV shows for 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 a lot of us. But even yeah. like one of the one of the funniest skits too that he used to do was when when keeping it real goes wrong. Like, <laughs> those were freaking awesome. <laughs> they were. Like those were just funny. Like I I happened to catch. Uh, I was going through YouTube and have to fall on one of those. I was like, boop, watch. <laughs> and it just ran like four of them in a row. I was like, this is freaking awesome. Like, this is just absolutely Cause, crazy. Because like, like how... when we were younger, 
I remember when In Living Color came out, and that show was hilarious. When that, I used to watch that show every week. I could not uh, wait to see Fire Marshal Bill and Men on <laughs> Film and all that stuff every week. I couldn't wait to watch In Living Color every week. Oh man, yeah, and In Living Color. Yeah, and and there you go, In Living Color, another show that was very groundbreaking in the in the way that it handled racial issues. Like, yeah, uh, you know, and, and not to get on a racial thing, but we can learn a lot about how to handle each other as people from watching comedy. Like if we could just laugh at some of the things that we do as individuals, regardless of color, we could get along do because we all have stupid shit about us, regardless of the color. We all do stupid fucking shit. So like, (laughs) why can't we just laugh at some of that stuff and just make light of it and say, okay, it is what it is. And let's fucking move on, you know, because that's what comedy does. They don't, they don't, I mean, in this today's day and age on TV, you can't do that stuff, but that's why they have the stand up, and that's why I love watching stand up comedy because they speak their mind and they're going to. And if you don't want to hear it, then don't come to their comedy show and don't watch their fucking specials, yeah, because you're not going to be happy. So, you know, and, but like, in, I loved in Living Color, Fire Marshal yeah. Bill was awesome, uh, Men on <laughs> yeah. Film, like you mentioned, when, when he was um, when he was the bomb, this old box, I when when he was the bomb <laughs> and he was using snot. Is glue or whatever? Come on. <laughs> and he yeah, that was what Damon. Jar. That was Damon Wayne. Yeah, and he had a pickle yep. jar that he peed in. <laughs> that was. And it, I think there was like they had this like thing that kind of looked like a pickle, but it was supposed to be a turd. <laughs> he had like and, I think he did three or four of those, but I remember this old box because that was the first one. And the men on every time they did the men on, I remember they did a in living color during the Super Bowl at halftime one time. Oh, um, and and they had met men on football, and they were like bent over with each other, touching. Oh my god! Doesn't he say Bob, doesn't he say something about Bob Greasy? Wasn't he a tight end? He's like, well, he used to be. <laughs> Just hated it, hated it. Can you have the head? You had the head, which were really funny. Um, what, what was it? Was that? I think that was the Jamaican family, wasn't it? The headley yeah. the Jamaican family. Like, how many jobs you got, man? <laughs> like, if you didn't have fifteen jobs, and you weren't working hard Jim, enough. <laughs> Jim Carrey was Vera De Milo, also. Uh, <laughs> the horse with the horse uh, steroids. <laughs> primarily composed of uh you know african-american or, or you know uh you know latino american performers and the breakout star from the show is the one white guy of course wow uh, but I mean, jayla jayla was a fly girl come on now you guys know as well that fire marshal bill appears in uh liar liar yes that jim carrey now, to explain that for the people who don't know, at the end of Liar Liar, when Jim Carrey's, you know, like, stopped the plane from taking off and he's being, like, loaded onto a stretcher, there's a scene that's shot from, you know, behind the stretcher where you can't see Jim Carrey laying on the stretcher so you can't see his face, meaning that it's a double. But in the background of that scene is Fire Marshal Bill uh, talking to some people or talking on a walkie-talkie because there's all, like, the emergency personnel. <laughs> it's one of those blinking-you-miss-it kind of moments, but I've never if you, seen you know, it. If you know where to see it at towards the end of the movie, it's definitely there. I mean, 
and again with the help of like things like youtube i'm sure if you were to search on a youtube you'd probably find the scene and somebody will point it has it pointed out in some way shape or form but it's definitely <laughs> yeah. fire marshal bill right right there being when, all like do you guys do you guys like what would be like your favorite jim carrey movie like if you could pick like a funny movie from him it definitely would not be the mask. That was yeah. I don't like the mask. A lot of people like the mask, and I didn't like the mask either, Jeremy. That was one of my least favorites either. Jim was, Carrey. Jim Carrey is the only person to beat himself up in two separate movies. But yeah, the mask. I didn't like the mask because I felt it was like too cartoonish. I'm like, this doesn't like. It's just too odd for me like i enjoyed it but it wasn't one of my favorites yeah i think of me myself and irene they're like what are you doing kicking my own ass um i've i've always kind of been partial to the ace ventura movies and i know a lot of people have a lot of issues with the second one like a lot of people uh, i don't know if you remember at the time it's like he, he was like he could do no wrong there for a period of about two years like he went from like ace ventura to the mask to dumb and dumber to batman forever Taste Ventura 2, and they were all huge hits. And he got like the first like $20 million per movie paycheck for the cable guy. And the cable guy kind of flopped because it was a dark comedy. And yes, dark yeah. comedy does not sell as well, especially when you don't, you know, like advertise it as a dark comedy, which they definitely didn't. I do remember that, even though it's like, you know, almost 25 years old now and everything. But a lot of people seem to blame that the reason why the cable guy didn't do as well at the box office was because people didn't actually like Ace Ventura 2 that much. And it's like, I don't really know if that's the case. I think it's more just the fact that the cable guy was a, was a, was a dark comedy, but there's so many parts in Ace Ventura 2 where me and my younger sister will just like randomly start quoting that to, uh, to ourselves. Like when we're in mixed company, we'll just like start doing lines from that movie uh -huh. while other people look at us like we're insane, which is kind of, <laughs> I think Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Like I'm going with, I'll go with Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, there's there's just there's just a lot of a lot of, a lot of gags in Ace Ventura too, which I still like doing. Like I was like the the scene where he's like, uh, they're driving. He's literally driving through the jungle. Like he turns off the road into the jungle or whatever. In the big truck, uh, in the big monster truck. <laughs> no, not, well that's later. That's at the end. That's at the climax. This is like when he's first going to like the consulate in the beginning, and he oh. and he starts singing the freaking Chitty Chitty Bang Bang song. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah. I love that part too. When they're on the smooth paved road, and they go, you see him go like driving, like, <laughs> He's, like yeah, bouncing and then, yeah. And then it slowly pulls back. The guy who's with him is like standing there, all just like looking at him, like. Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. no, and that's and that thing. What could he's running around trying to find a vehicle to chase down the bad guy in that film. It's really funny because the one vehicle that has like keys in it is the monster truck. Yeah. And he does a little homage to fire marshal bill in that portion too, when he's behind the wheel and he like does that weird cackle. Yeah. So he does like his homage to that. But I think what really threw people off in Ace Ventura too, was the fact that he does the jungle call from his butt. <laughs> Which I thought was freaking hilarious. Like I just like that shit's funny. It's it's, it's cool, Jeremy. This, this, there's somebody else besides me that doesn't didn't like the mask as much because a lot of people say the mask, and I'm just like, yeah, not really me. The mask, the yeah. mask movies are okay. They weren't great. They were okay for me. So probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Um, I would have to really say was Liar Liar. That was probably my favorite. 
Um, it has a lot of personal memories too. That was the one movie I'd sit down and watch with my oldest daughter. Like when I didn't have TV, when I was pretty, pretty much dirt poor on my own and single, um, that was the movie we'd sit down and watch because it was funny enough for her to understand. It wasn't too high level for her to understand. And it wasn't dirty potty mouth, uh, uh, humor either so she could watch it in that sense too. So. Except that part where he's talking about stuffing her like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to suck him. <laughs> and that part too. <laughs> what about what about Adam Sandler? Like, what would your favorite Adam Sandler be? Just because I'm trying to pick some guys who've made a lot of comedy movies, so... Mm. For, for Sandler, it's 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 always it's, still going to be Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore because it's that's Happy I, Gilmore for me. So that's, that's that's when I still liked his comedies. Now I'm not saying that I I'm not saying that I dislike what he does now. I really haven't seen a lot of his more recent stuff, and the more recent stuff that he's done that I've actually seen are the dramatic movies he's done, like Uncut Gems and the Meyerowitz stories. Because um, I just kind of grew tired of his shtick at a certain point. Um, I, I think it. Was I think it might have been around Little Nicky, um, but I think it was also around maybe like Fifty First Dates and like stuff that he's done since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Billy Madison Happy Gilmore came out, I didn't care as much that he was a little more lowbrow because I was still only a teenager. But that stuff still makes me laugh now. I mean, the Bob Barker fight scene in Happy Gilmore <laughs> will, will never, oh, never yeah. not, will never not make me laugh. Um, the Hey, why don't I go eat some hay? I can lay by the hay and make things out of clay. I just hay. What do you say? That will always crack. that part will always crack me up in, in, in Happy Gilmore. So it's like it, I don't care that it's like I don't like his stuff as much as I once did. It's like the, the I, only the only movie out of his like movies he's done in the last ten years, I really liked just go with it. Like that one was really funny to me. But like mm-hmm. Nick Schwartz Nick Schwartzen is really important in that movie too. And I think he's really funny. So it's nice yeah, he to plays see his him. Like best friend. That's like, has to play like, he play, when he's, he plays when he's trying to do, too, when he's, yeah, really well, he's like, I'm Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's trying to do the Heimlich maneuver on the sheep. <laughs> I've, I've never actually watched uh, that because it's a remake of another movie. So I just, I just really wasn't that, that one. That one is funny, but I didn't really like click and I didn't like a lot of his newer stuff. It was okay. It wasn't great, but like just go with, it was the one out of his newer movies that I really liked. So well, see the, the water boy, I think is one that I think I also kind of turned against in a way because there are parts of that movie that get really, annoying the more that you see them not i mean the the primary one is his voice his voice is just just really gets, oh, gets i really think his voice is hilarious man. <laughs> it gets it gets it gets really grating for me after after watching it too much and 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 kathy bates actually who i think is a very good actress has been you know, a great character actress throughout her career she gets annoying after a while in that that's movie. not probably not her best role she's ever played in that movie I mean, in a lot of ways, I think like the funniest stuff is like the stuff involving like the real people, like the uh, like Brent Musburger and Dan Fouts going back and forth in the uh, uh, 
in, in the broadcasting booth kind of sniping at each other. And, That's because you can't hold anything back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jim, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cower in the stands being accosted by like the two crazed fans and everything, you know, like, uh, you know, one of them was, you know, it was Clint Howard, you know, who's in the whole thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I bet you he throws a touchdown pass on the first play and then like he throws an interception. <laughs> you owe me 50 bucks. You said it was going to be a touchdown pass, you crazy asshole. <laughs> uh, those are the parts of that movie I, I kind of find funny. And it's though this moment doesn't involve him. I mean, in Happy, uh, not Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. I mean, there are really, to me, few funnier moments in the history of film. And I do mean this as somebody who watches a lot of old films. Oh, but I really think that there are precious few moments funnier than what you've just said has to be one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point during your rambling, incoherent response did you come close to producing something that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened. <laughs> I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your just the way that no guy, been okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way that that guy delivers it, just this, because, you know, he, he, he goes off on this long answer about the, like the puppy that lost its way being like, so, you know, the society during the industrial revolution, whatever the hell it was supposed to be. Yeah. And like everybody like thinks it's a great answer. And then like, you know, he goes to the moderator who's got this look on his face. Like he's just heard the most profound thing that he's ever heard in his life. And then he just tears him to shreds with what he says. But like, He's just completely even keeled about it. He doesn't like change the inflection of his voice. It's like the most savage put down of all time. (laughs) It's, it's, it's funny that like, like before we all knew who Ben Stiller was, like he was in happy Gilmore and he was in heavyweights. Like he played these creepy guys in movies before he was like, really like famous that you would say, like, you know, I, I, I saw him early in his career play creepy people or, or, guys that you don't always even in dodgeball he was kind of a weirdo in that movie <laughs> yes yeah. he was kind of a weirdo <laughs> i just see a favorite weirdo a funny weirdo but a weirdo yeah he, he started he started kind of do, sorry jeremy he started sorry. kind of doing that like he like alternated between like kind of playing these very like broad caricature like there's no way this person could ever exist in real life type of character like those movies you mentioned with doing like the ones where he's like kind of like the sweet, more romantic lead, like in like meet the parents and, and, and uh, night at the museum and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, yeah, I would have to say probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I, I would have to say it's a toss up between happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, his very early work, just because it's, those those movies were so good from start to finish as far as like comedic movies. And plus they had really good supporting characters in them. Like you had in Billy Madison, you had um, Chris Farley as the bus driver who ate all the sandwiches. And he's sitting behind the <laughs> behind the bus giggling and laughing. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, just just really good stuff. Like you said, Ben Stiller's in the one in uh, Happy Gilmore, which funny enough, in his most recent movie, the Halloween movie that he yeah. did. Ben Stiller's in that movie and he reprises his role as Hal. The but now he's in the insane asylum and he but he does that same shtick where hey you're in my world now read the name tag. Oh no, I didn't see the Halloween movie. Yeah. I, I didn't either. But he, it was, Stiller, Stiller appears as like that 
Like yeah. 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 Wow. Yep. Okay. It's, and, <laughs> and Dan Patrick's in it because Dan Patrick's in every movie now that Adam Sandler does. He's been in like the last 10, I feel like. Jim if it's Meadows a comedy, it. Shaq, Shaq pops up in Adam Sandler movies a lot now, too. So, yeah. Oh, so boy. you got. So there, that was that was cameo galore. That movie, the what was it that um, Herbie Halloween? Yeah, uh, yeah, Herbie Halloween. So you had Dan Patrick, as he mentioned. You had Tim Meadows. You had um, the the girl from Happy Gilmore reprise her role uh, in that. Yeah, movie. the girl well, not the, reprise it, but she was in that movie. Yeah, the the uh, girl, the lady from Modern Family. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. You had cameos from Rob Schneider near the end of the movie, as well as um, his gaggle of friends who pop up like his friends that pop up in all the movies. Some of them are in it, too, like his little gaggle of friends that always show up in his movies. Uh, Maya Rudolph was in it because she plays Tim Meadows wife. Um, <laughs> trying to think who the one guy is and I can't think. Oh, uh, Ray Liotta's in it because he plays uh, like. Um, what the hell is, I think it's Ray Liotta. Yeah, it, it is. Schwartz, yeah. Schwartzen was in it somewhere too. I remember Schwartzen being in it somewhere. So it's just, it's just one of those movies where he's like, I'm going to do this goofy, stupid movie, but I'm going to make it put everybody that I love to have in my movies in it. And like, it's like I said, it's cameos galore in that movie at points. So that's a really good, that's, that's a really good, funny Halloween movie. Uh, who's, who's another Tommy boy is a really good, like Tommy <sighs> boy. Marley. Tommy Boy is, is 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 one of my favorite like comedies of all time, I think. So Chris Farley and there and, and we gotta bring him up because he's one of those guys that we can only imagine what his work would have been like had he not passed away so young. Like he yeah. was one of those people. Unfortunately, his addiction got the best of him and he passed away way too freaking young and we didn't get to see enough of his work. Um you know, and it's it's unfortunate. I mean, he he honestly has said it. You know, when he was doing interviews, he's like, "All my characters are the same. I'm just a loud, crazy, fat guy." That was his. <laughs> he's like, "That's just, I'm just the same character all the time." But fat I guy in a little coat. <laughs> <laughs> and David Spade was like the perfect like foil to him too. Like like he was the perfect guy to be opposite him in Tommy Boy. So they like team yeah. the right two people up. Because Spade's humor is a little bit different than Chris Farley, so it was like they teamed the right people up. So, like, I just that movie, I still laugh at the same parts in that movie. I could watch it right now, and I still laugh at the same parts every time I watch that movie. Well, yeah, at the at the motel when he's like knocking at the door, room service, <laughs> go away, room service, for pillow. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> when he catches his wanking and he's like, who's your favorite little rascal, Alfalfa or Spanky? <laughs> when he rips the roll up, when he like rips the roll up in the restaurant and like every time he does like one of those things in that movie, it seems like that was just off the cuff or when he sets the car on fire, I think, or whatever, when he's in the. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he's doing the promo, when he's doing the, like the like, commercial, so to say, or the pitch, the, the, the pitch and he's like. He's like, and along comes the meat way. Oh my god! You guys over in the corner puking his guts out. Because you wanted to save a few pennies. To me, that seems like get out. How many times did he get asked? 
Did you eat paint chips as a kid? Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or, some, some, or some, something of that ilk. Yeah, but Did I mean, you grow up on the power line, son. <laughs> when, when you, uh, you know, when you bring up Farley, of course, you talk about his like addictions getting the best of him. I mean, by his own admission, he wanted to live fast and die young, just like his idol, that being John Belushi, and mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, he did. And, you know, Belushi is another one that's very much like, you know, what could he have done had he not died when he did? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we know because we know Animal House is great. We know the Blues Brothers is great and everything. So, you know, it would have been really mm-hmm. interesting to see yeah. what else going forward. He, you kind of assume he still would have done stuff with Dan Aykroyd and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you had Black Sheep was another great Chris Farley movie. Some people didn't like that as much. I thought it was another great movie because there was a, it, I, it just was I thought there was a lot of good humor in it. No, it was I, I think I didn't like Beverly Hills Ninja as much as Black Sheep or Tommy Boy probably. Yeah, that one was a little that one was I thought it was funny but it wasn't up to that level of Tommy Boy or Black Sheep. Like it was definitely a little bit different kind of comedy with the ninja stuff thrown in there. Little was a little different, little some of it was a little hard to swallow, but it was really funny when you see Chris Farley doing ninja stuff. That, that was kind of funny. Well, I mean, you you guys kind of you kind of referenced that. I don't know if you said the word, but um, what a lot of these comedy performers end up facing what? at some point, and all all these guys have done it. Eddie Murphy's had to go through with it. Even like the comedians from, um, you know, like the older days of Hollywood, whether it was like the Marx Brothers or Laurel and Hardy or now Costello, they all kind of hit the same thing. Is when everything becomes a little too formulaic, and yeah, you know that's it's like law of diminishing returns. I mean that's kind of what happened with me with Adam Sandler. You know, it felt like he was doing yeah. the same thing all the time. And like you mentioned about Farley, like you know I'm the same character in every movie and everything. It gets to a point where you know it's it's going to stop working and you have to kind of get ahead of it. I think Farley showed that he was trying to with almost famous, which is kind. of funny because it's both different because it's like it's got a historical you know setting and everything Mm -hmm. but he is still kind of playing the same kind of clumsy oafish fat guy character and everything Mm -hmm. but i think it was still at least an attempt that showed that you know he was trying to do something a little bit different something a little bit you know that that just changed and everything but you know that was that i think ended up being like his last like real starring role that was was released after he died and everything and the other interesting thing too is that um i think we've discussed this before but he was the original voice of shrek oh was he yeah and shrek actually got delayed by a couple of years because whatever he had like already recorded for it and however they had kind of conceived the character they had to go back and like kind of start over from scratch almost because they like you know well we had a particular vision for the character with you know chris's voice now we've got to recast the voice and so we got to do something else and everything and of course we ended up with you know mike myers doing the fat bastard voice uh you know at, at shrek because the voice that mike myers Onions used have layers now. yeah well i mean yeah the voice work <laughs> he's, he's speaking with the same Scottish accent as both Fat Bastard and the Awesome Powers movies in a Shrek. Yes. So. Yeah, I know. Another another person that's like funny that his movies have gotten old to me is Will Ferrell. Like I I can't like I don't even like Elf anymore. Like I used to love that movie and I don't even think it's that funny anymore. I was never a huge fan of Elf to begin with. Um, and I it's was. kind of funny. It's kind of funny because apparently the reason there's never been a sequel to Elf is because Ferrell and John Favreau didn't get along. 
<laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Uh, I, I, I guess, you know, I just, I never actually heard that before, so I was a little surprised when I heard it, but I'm like, oh, I guess that does make sense as to why a movie that a lot of people seem to really enjoy and everything, and is damn 20 years old now, didn't actually have a sequel to it, but that brings up another topic I want to mention a little bit later. But he's, he, but he's another guy who, like, I think it's harder for me to rewatch his movies and still, like, I like Step Brothers, but... Well, it's funny. When I hear Will Ferrell, I don't immediately jump up and like, ooh, I've got to see that movie. Like, Will Ferrell's not one of those comedic actors to me that I'm like, I got to watch the next movie or I got to see it soon. You know, it's just never been that way with me. Anchorman, Anchorman was probably the only movie that came out that I was like, I really want to see that. And that wasn't even because of Will Ferrell. That was because of the other people in it, like Steve Carell. Like, I love Steve Carell. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's 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 strange for me with oh. feral movies. Like I go kind of like charging cord. Doesn't that go down? Yeah. Like like hot or cold, up or down. I mean, like I watched both of the Daddy Cell movies, but Thank I was you. like, yeah, these are these are okay. They're not great. Yeah. But I haven't seen some of the more recent ones he did, like the one where he and Amy Poehler built like the casino in their basement. Uh, I can't remember what that was called. I I didn't see that. The one that he did. Some of that. The one that he. The, the the one that he did with the one that he did with Kevin Hart where he wants Kevin Hart to like toughen him up because he's going to jail. Uh, that I I enjoyed that one. It wasn't well, overly funny, but there was funny parts. There was some stupid funny in there, especially with Kevin Hart and them together. I, I, I enjoyed that. I just I just remember like looking and seeing the trailers for those and just kind of like oh, those don't seem all that funny. So like I just I just I just kind of avoided them. now I see myself watching them at some point in the future yeah sure but yeah there's nothing about them that screamed like oh you know I I have to go see this so the know. NASCAR one with him um what was Alligator that? Nights <laughs> yeah oh oh well actually you, you know I Would another reason why whatever it was yeah. Yeah. Shake it, uh, bake, shake it, bake. <laughs> I like, I like that one. That was, that made me laugh. That was Sorry, well, I, to, I keep my my iPad's dying, so I can, I had to plug it in. I gotta turn the, I gotta take the mic off. No worries, man. No worries. But uh, another another reason why I'm I've gone a little sour, cold, whatever you want to describe it with Will Ferrell. I got suckered by him uh, a year or two ago. Hmm? I went to the movie theater to watch. Oh. Just watch what? Holmes, Holmes and Watson. Watson. Oh, yeah, that was a mistake. I could have told you that. <laughs> well, here was the thing. There were enough moments in the trailer for that that made me think that it could have been really funny. It actually worked as a spoof movie because the spoof movie genre is one that I feel is like really collapsed. Like, Hollywood can't actually produce a good spoof movie anymore. Like Airplane's a great nope. spoof movie. The Naked Gun's a great spoof movie. Hot Shots yep. Part Duh. Hot, the Hot Shots <laughs> movie are great spoof yeah. movies. But like ever since like the mid to late nineties, like the kind of spoof movies that they've given us has been like date movie and epic movie, which were just god awful. God mm. awful. Anytime not I another team movie. And the scream spoofs. Oh <laughs> not, god, those are hard. Not, not another cool. team not another team movie worked. Not another team movie works, but it's like ones that came after that. And I think, yeah, it's like it's because of scary movie, the scary movie franchise, I think, kind of ruined spoof movies because yep. they started off pretty good. And then they just went. 
because they stopped being a spoof of horror movies and they started being a spoof of every movie. Yeah. And then so every every spoof movie that came out afterwards had to throw in a joke about every movie that was made within the last like two years prior to that movie coming out, whether or not it had anything to, to remotely to do oh. with the, the, the plot was. But. And the Waynes brothers sold those movies, the rights to those movies. They stopped making them, too. Well, those, I don't know which the, one it was that they stopped at, well, but the, the third one, because, you know, who actually made the third scary movie, the guys who made Airplane, or at least mm. one of the guys who made Airplane. Mm. Um, but why they ever did like a scary movie four, and didn't they even do a five. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't I don't know why they I don't really know why they why they uh, why they kept going there. But, but yeah, Holmes and Watson, people. Holmes and Watson was the closest I ever came to actually walking out of a movie theater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nice. I didn't. I didn't because I still had that overriding feeling. Well, I've already paid my money. Walking out's not going to do any good. <laughs> I mean, so, so, so I gotta yeah, throw I an old pirated copy of that shit. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta, I gotta throw this one out there because I was a big fan of this guy, very, very, in a very young age. Favorite John Candy movie. Yeah, there we go. Throwing out an oldie guy. Talk about a guy who I really miss. John Candy yeah, was, was so great. Um, I still kind of remember hearing about when he, when he passed away. It was just who's Harry Crumb? Because I was like, 13. that's a good one. For me, it's always probably the Great Outdoors because oh, I just love I just love the competition, the back and forth between him and Dan Aykroyd in that movie. Um, and there is still like a lot of heart to that movie. And mm-hmm. um, the gags with the bear are are, are great too. So. Yes, they are. Uh, so I I'd pro- I'd probably say I'd probably say the Great Outdoors, but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is another great one. Um, mm-hmm. That's Spaceballs up with you two, yeah. two for me. Spaceballs is obviously great too, but I don't really think of that as a John Candy movie. I think of that no. as a Mel Brooks movie. So yes, that, that yeah. he just happens to be in, you know. But um, as barf, <laughs> I'm a yeah. mog, half man, half mog. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, my favorite, and and I love the Great Outdoors. That is that is by far way up there on the list. I mean, you're talking when he's on when he's being pulled by the speed speedboat, go faster. He's back there yelling, "You bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Go faster, go faster. Okay. <laughs> and the shit's hitting him in the in the freaking junk and stuff like that. <laughs> He eats uh, the ninety six yeah. pounds, the the ninety six ounce steak, and all 96. the fat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the fat comes home and sees all the maggots and pukes and. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I love that part too because like that, like that, like huge, like hulking chef is there, and Dan Aykroyd's like, you know, okay, well he's done. He's like, he's not done. What do you mean? There's nothing left on that plate but grizzle and fat. Mm. And it's like he's implying that he's got to like lick up all the blood or something. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's like, well, if I can get it down, can you throw in a T-shirt for the kids? <laughs> yeah. like, if I can get a dessert, you think you can throw in a couple of T-shirts and have for the kids? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And meanwhile, Candy's like, you pulling that Aykroyd sleeve. He's like, <laughs> yeah, crying. Oh, man. But, uh, I mean, they in that movie, they even made the squirrels part of the movie. Not the squirrels, the fucking raccoons part of the yeah. movie. And yeah. in, the, in the little dialogue that they were having, they're like, huh, yeah. they think these rocks yeah. will stop us. <laughs> or like the, or that uh, 
after Ackroyd's character has said to him, like, your hot dogs, you know what? Those are made out of lips and assholes. <laughs> and the raccoons say the same thing as a senior player. <laughs> yeah. So, but my, probably my favorite John Candy movie is Uncle Buck. I really, really, I love that movie. Uncle Buck was so good. Yeah. I've still never actually seen Uncle Buck. It's actually uh-huh. kind of. Yeah, I'm one of the few people I'm sure left that actually has like an actual like Netflix queue like with the discs and everything, mm-hmm. and it's like at the top of my queue, but I keep putting things on top of it because I'm kind of going like year by year, so I haven't quite Drop gotten the thing. Stream the shit. Well, <laughs> if it was streaming somewhere for free that I knew of, I probably would, but I don't know that it's free anywhere for streaming. But yeah, that that's I I love Uncle Buck. There's just. I mean, it's kind of serious too at points, but it's got a lot of good funny parts and stuff like yeah. that. The, the one kid's name is Bug. He's like, Bug? <laughs> like just some funny shit with that movie. The last movie that he ever made was Wagons, Wagons East. And that, and I, I so much wanted to like that movie, and unfortunately that movie was a pretty big bomb for me as far as like comedy movies. It that's, just, that's, yeah. that's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, it was I, very I, unfortunate. I think I think a couple of the movies he did like towards the end of his life weren't that good. I remember he also did one called Canadian Bacon, yes. which I think was uh, he played like a, I think like a Canadian postal postal worker who was like afraid the U.S. was going to invade Canada or something like that. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't I've never watched it, so yeah. Stripes was good too. Stripes, and that was yeah. Good. I don't say that I can't say that's a John Candy movie because there was other guys in that. That's. But... That's, plays a major a, role that, in that. Yeah, I mean that—that's the Bill Murray movie. Yeah, but he plays a really good role in that movie um, with that. So, oh, what man? What are some other what good about movies? The, what about the uh, movies that Franco and Rogan and those guys have all made? Like, there's a few, several movies that James Franco and Seth Rogan. Uh, yeah, Pineapple Express I thought was terrible. I did yeah. not like that movie. Like Pineapple Express. Uh, I, I thought I thought it had its moments, but I thought that like it didn't like all kind of fit. Like it was a little too bizarre, really. And let me be, and, 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 and let me be that guy. Oh, anything with Amber Heard now is like. Oh. <laughs> uh, who cares about Amber? I like this is the end. Oh, that was funny. Is that the one where like they they're like? Isn't um who the hell's in that one um. It's, I know Seth Rogen's in it. I know that I. They're all in it. Seth Rogen and James Franco and Jonah Hill and Jay Baruchel and Danny McBride. Yeah. Craig Thompson. Yeah. Aren't they like trying to save themselves from like an alien invasion or some shit no, like that? Like they're, they're having a huge party at one of the, at somebody. I think it's at Franco's house, and there's like a bunch of other like famous people who play themselves like. Like Rihanna and Emma Watson and Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Um, and then, like suddenly, like the world ends. That's okay. I do remember that. That was. I thought that was pretty funny. It's. I, I haven't seen it in so long though. Like that's, that's the kind one of, of movie, movies. That's the kind of movie that for me didn't really check all the boxes because I thought it went a little too far with some of the things that they did, and like they didn't really like need to do some of the things that they did. Um, and I also think that at the end of the day, that's kind of like. That would be like exhibit A of a bunch of funny people get together in a room and say, let's think of the funniest thing that we can think of. And they only cared about making themselves laugh. They didn't really think stop to mm-hmm. think that if everybody would find it funny. Gotcha. Yeah. The run that he did where he plays um, like the reporter that 
uh, starts dating the president or the potential president. I can't remember the name of that. That movie was really funny. It's a romantic comedy, but it's more on the comedy end of things than the romance portion. So that movie was really good. Yeah, um, I just uh, I watched that. um, I watched that a few months ago. It was with Charlize Theron. Yeah, the name of it is. She's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's like she's like the secretary of state and she's running for president. He's like a journalist for like a small like left wing newspaper, but they have like a history in that like she used to babysit for him or something. Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they they're like, you know, attracted to each other. And of course, the whole thing is like it's, it would be scandalous for her to start dating him and everything because she's running for president and all that other shit. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I think I liked young, I think I liked early Seth Rogen. Uh, because his stuff is starting, a lot of his stuff is starting because it's just, it's just like mega pothead stuff. And not that I don't think that stuff can be funny, but then when that seems to be like the only type of movie that you're creating, like is you being a pothead, um, just because you're a pothead in real life, uh, doesn't really make me laugh all the time. Like I loved, um, 40 year old virgin. That movie was fucking fantastic. And Rogan plays an awesome part in that movie. And so does um, – damn it. I can't even think of his name. Not Steve Carell, but the um, – da, 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 da. I can't even think of his name. Paul yeah, Rudd. Paul Rudd. Thank you. Paul Rudd's character is awesome in that movie. So – and so is – I can't I – don't, I don't know the black gentleman's name. I have no idea but because I, I think he's only ever been in that movie. I don't think he ever did another uh, movie after that. But Roman, Romany Malco. Um, okay. Yeah, he has done stuff after that. Unfortunately, one of the big things that he did after that was the Love Guru, which is pretty oh, much yeah. universal was, was pretty much universally panned and hated. So yeah, that, that one really, was bad. That didn't, <laughs> that didn't really help him. Yeah, but I mean that movie was amazing, like just funny for, and it was raunchy humor. So let's talk about a little raunchy humor. So forty year old version, super raunchy humor, like knocked up, <laughs> knocked up, super raunchy. Forty-year-old version oh, was, raunchy, yeah, was, was raunchy humor, but it was done in a way that kind of like made sense, you know, if you know what I yeah. mean. It's like, because it's about a guy who's not sure of himself, and he's like trying to navigate something that's like, you know, basically foreign to him, you know, <laughs> while having other people around him who like are all giving him advice of how to do it their way, and he basically. <laughs> He basically doesn't really need any of their advice because you could you know, pretty much argue that none of their advice helps him. So, <laughs> yes, like when he's on like uh, I can't remember. I think it's uh, yeah, it's Malcolm. He's like he's like you gotta you know twenty thirty hoes. You gotta go in, knock them out, and then you can go and be, <laughs> be with her because you'll know what you need to do. <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> And uh, what's her name's in that movie too? The girl that gets really drunk and she's like, "I could go some fucking waffles. I need some fucking waffles right Elizabeth, now." Elizabeth, whatever. Elizabeth Banks. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. Oh, she. Uh, he means uh, Leslie Mann, who's Judd yeah. Apatow's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, she is that. <laughs> that's that scene where he's it's like, funny. they're driving and she's like fucking swerving and she's like, "Get the fuck out the way!" <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's, like, she pukes on him. He's like. Did you have talk? Uh, did you have fish today? Or <laughs> seafood today? He's like, yeah. He's like, I can taste it. <laughs> like, oh, that's so nasty. Pat, did you ever? Did you guys like? Did you guys ever see why him with Franco and Brian Cranston? Like that movie's really funny. Like, no, 
No, um, I really liked that one. Like that one specifically, I, just, I remember seeing that one multiple times, and I really thought that one was funny. And Brian Cranston's really funny in that movie too. So, yeah, right. that, that that just looked a little too like to me. I was just like, eh, this, this 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 looks a little too broad for me, basically. Franco's a, Franco's an actor. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of him. I've never really have been. I, I've I've seen a bu- I've I've seen a bunch of movies he's been in, but I just it's it's hard for me with him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I can't I just can't get into that guy. And, and, and I I like his brother too, like Neighbors and uh, Twenty One Jump, the Jump Street movies. Like I I like his brother too. I think he's funny too. So. Yeah, and see, Neighbors was really good, and there's another yeah, Seth Rogen movie. Good. That movie was really, really good. Um, the Seth Rogen movie that killed it for me is when they did Green Hornet. I just, I oh yeah, that god, one was that one was definitely uh, the, the biggest killed me. The the biggest um, problem with the Green Hornet is the Green he Hornet. Could, he, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't decide which way to go. He could. He he, he kept. He, well, he there was like a line between like serious and comedy, and he he kept swerving back and forth throughout the whole you know uh, uh, throughout the entire length of the movie. You can't have a movie like that be so tonally inconsistent. Paul Rudd, Ant Man makes sense. Seth Rogen, Green Hornet, no, doesn't make sense at all. Bless you, sir. Thanks. Hey. I'm getting cold. I think. No. That, no. <laughs> Shut up. I, I, uh, that, that's, a, that's a running joke in my office. If one person sneezes and somebody else will, you know, will inevitably go, COVID. I think oh I like God. when Ryan Reynolds plays snarky. I think Ryan Reynolds is really uh, good at playing the sarcastic, snarky person, like he does in Van Wilder. Like, I feel like every time I see him, he's so good at the snarky, smart ass, like, jackass. Yeah, and that's why Deadpool was such a good series. Those two movies because he could play. That was like the perfect superhero role for him to play. You know, the anti-hero. Yeah, the snark, the 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 fourth wall breaks. Um, you know, they're not really taking it too seriously in a lot of ways. But (laughs) but but, but, again, like that's but that also like you know was true to the comics and everything. So like that's why like when Ryan Reynolds was initially cast as uh, as Green Lantern, I went, wait, what? Sure, (laughs) because to me like to me like I I, to me I had a certain yeah to me I had a certain image of Green Lantern, especially Hal Jordan, and Ryan Reynolds wasn't it. I even remember saying to my dad. You know what superhero Ryan Reynolds would be great at? He would be great as um, the uh, the Wally West version of the Flash. Mm-hmm. You know, especially especially if you did, especially if he did him the way he was done in like just the Justice League cartoons. You know, like never taking things too seriously, always wisecracking. I'm like Ryan Reynolds would be great as that, and obviously he was great as Deadpool. I said, but as Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and I'm not so sure. And it it really didn't. It, it I just really think that movie was poorly done. There's it, it wasn't it, it was, could have been so much was, more. Yep. Yeah. It was uh it was that was disappointing. And I don't really think it was Reynolds' fault, but no. I also I also don't think that he was necessarily the right person there, for there's that. There's a scene there's a scene in Van Wilder that's I still watch and I gag when they put the jizz and the, the dog jizz and the donuts and the guy. <laughs> it's like they're coming out of their mouths and they're like, Oh my god, this is so warm and so good. 
the funny part. That that part is great, but I I I, I do when they're even though we know it's not real, it's still watching. It's like ooh. <laughs> Yeah, and then if you want to talk another raunchy movie that's comedy, you gotta go with the Wedding Crashers. The Wedding Crashers is one of those yeah. raunchy comedy movies. I mean, just from the get go, when she, when the, his secretary's like, "I'll set you," I, oh, I can set you up with one of my friends. He's like, "Um, no, I don't really." Like it. And he goes, and then he turns it into this thing. It's gonna get weird because I like to play this game called Just a Tip, you know, where we try it out a little bit and never see how it goes. And, <laughs> You know, it's just like, that, oh my that god! Movie like, is, that movie oh. is that movie is very entertaining. Yes, he's and then at the wedding, he's like, I got a stage five clinger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you pack you. What does he say to him? He's like, oh my god! And that's when Will Ferrell's like, you got to go to funerals to pick up women. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And see, Will Ferrell's funny in that movie. Um, yeah. That's that's another movie that I'm not so sure you could get away with making today. Yeah, probably not. Unfortunately not. Because I, I, I Doctor Quinn Medicine was funny in that too. I think I think you'd get a lot of uh, uh, a lot of sexism, misogynistic complaints about that movie, which you know I I can see. Um, I mean, they are literally, you know, crashing weddings just so they can, get you know, get. Just so they can get their rocks off, you know, it's like get laid, yeah, maybe now, it works. Get their dick wet, yeah. Hey. If, if, if you wanted yeah, to do yeah. like a, if you wanted to do like a female version of that, then you know maybe you could kind of put some of that to rest. But I don't know if that would work. I, I don't know. But that 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 also brings me to a topic that I'd like to talk about. Well, just a sec uh, before you start that, I gotta say probably one of my, you know, there's a lot of good funny moments, but one of the probably the most visually entertaining moments for me is the montage that they do of the ladies falling down. And I know I'm being very chauvinistic and very piggish, but it is probably one of the, it, like in a movie sense, like in a comedy movie, you just don't expect it. And all of a sudden these ladies just start flopping down and none of them have tops on. So all of them, and they're all of these gorgeous women. I'm like, this boobs. is, uh, yeah. And more <laughs> boobs. Yeah. It's just like boob central. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and of course I watched this with my wife one time. Like we were just like, Oh, let's put this movie on. And she's like, I, I forget. She said something funny to me. And I was just like, yep. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. <laughs> did you guys like the hangover movies? Like the first one, maybe. And then after that, the first one was good. Yeah. Well, I never yeah, saw the second one. one I don't okay. think third one was better than the second for me, but that's, that's kind of, Leading directly to where I wanted to talk okay. about, which is cool. Harold and Kumar. Oh, comedy, yeah. <laughs> comedy, comedy yeah. sequels. Oh yeah. A mixed bag to say the least, but I tend to feel like comedy sequels are unnecessary. Are unnecessary, and a lot Almost of them. Brothers I think, 2000. A lot of them, I think. Fail, fail more than they succeed for any number of reasons. Now, let's just kind of start with the Hangover since we talked about that. The first one, I think, just blew everybody away. Like nobody was, it was one of those movies that nobody's like expecting, and it just clicks with audiences for some reason. And you know, a lot of people thought it was really funny, and I thought that first one was funny too. And then I watched the second one, and the second one so repulsed me that I never bothered to watch the third one. See, I don't think I saw the second one. I can't even remember. <laughs> Doctor Ken, I think Doctor Ken's like locked in a 
ice chest or like locked the Dr. Ken was in the second one a little bit more. So I think I liked the second one because he was in it more. I felt like, and I think he's funny. I, well, you see, I, I like Ken Jeong. I mean, I watched community from, you know, the first episode and everything throughout the entire series run. And he of course was very much featured in that, but I never found his character in the hangover to be that funny, to be honest. So, but the, the, the second hangover, it really seemed to be again, to me, to me, committed, two mistakes that i it, feel it like a lot same, of all three of those movies are like the same thing over essentially so yeah i, yeah. I really feel like this hangover 2 did a did a did two things that i feel like a lot of comedy sequels that are bad do one they did basically the same plot they just put it in a different location mm-hmm, yeah. and two they said well we've got to be dirtier or raunchier or we have to have like more like visual gags that are like you know could potentially turn off people and stuff like that so i feel like they really did that with hangover 2 and i just disliked it so much i'm like i never bothered with the third one mm-hmm. i i do think and me personally i do i like and am i running slower or you guys i like american wedding better than American Pie and American Pie 2. So, like, I think those movies, I think all the first three, at least, I think are all pretty good. So, um, see, I didn't like, I liked American Wedding, but it definitely was not my favorite of those. I thought American Pie 2 was probably my favorite. Um, because I just that was, liked that was my least favorite. <laughs> see, I liked, I liked more the interaction with Stifler because I felt like Stifler had a bigger role in American wow. Pie 2. He had a so. big, the biggest role in American Wedding. That's why I liked that one so much, because Stifler was a, a fo- focal character in the third one. Right. And I can see why you would not like American Pie 2, because Kevin is a an annoying character, yeah. can be a very annoying a character yeah. in that movie, like that, that <laughs> yeah. role that he played. Yeah, so, because he's like whining and bitching like almost the entire movie, because he wants Tara, uh, um, what the heck was her name? Tara Reed's character. Yeah, Tara Reed's character. I, I couldn't think of her last name, but he wanted her character the whole time, and he's like being a whiny bitch about. It. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. I didn't really <laughs> I like, like the the one the movies like that they did with with the other people those, but like even American Reunion, I like I enjoyed that one too. So like I think those movies did okay, other than the Naked Mile and those ones were. Yeah. But the actual ones with the main characters, I actually liked all of those movies. I don't yeah. think like they were there was a huge gap where like Jeremy said he likes the second one and I said I liked the third one. So the first one didn't that like the second and third one didn't really fail, I don't think, after the first one. So I think yeah. that's an example where I think they actually didn't fail like the second and third time around. Well and they continued the story. They didn't rerun the same story. That's yeah. what made those different. They didn't try and rerun the story. They tried to extend the story and throw in the gag humor and the stupid stupidity of these guys as they got older and stuff. And Jim, Jim does something stupid in every movie. Yeah. And Stifler drinks pee, jizz, and eats poop. So in three <laughs> of the movies, he does something with all bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In the first one, what what is he? So Jim fucks the pie in the first one. Second the second one, he glues his hand to his penis. I can't. I'm glued. Oh. I'm glued. <laughs> oh man. And in the third one, isn't he getting a blowjob underneath the table? Yes. Like when his dad's there. <laughs> and his pants fall down, and he's got a boner. Oh, good stuff. Well, and that was a successful franchise that had successful sequels. Yes. Dogs, when like, like it looks like the dog is fucking him, and then the little dog is fucking Stifler's leg. Yeah. Like the scene with the dog. Well, really, and it's even that. Then there's the 
when the when the naked chicks are in with the bachelor party and and the and they're pouring the hot the syrup all over like that like there's there's a bunch of stuff in that movie that's fucked up that happened. Um, but like Blues Brothers, and then you have Blues Brothers two thousand. Blues Brothers two thousand was terrible. Like that that was bad. Well, um, that's yeah, that's that's. I mean, the, there's a there's a way you can tell if a comedy sequel is going to be bad. Uh, well, a couple ways. One is if it's been a long time since the original was made, which is true for Blues Brothers 2000. And another one is if they have to replace one of the main actors from the first movie, which is yeah. obvious because Blues Brothers yeah. 2000. Like, uh, does anybody remember Son of the Mask? Oh, yep. I, I remember the title and that was about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, why did they redo this? Exactly. Um, and then, and yeah. the other bad thing was Jamie Kennedy was in it, and he's not. I I never found him funny at all. Yeah, like, really yeah. like, not a big fan of him. So, um, was just just bad. I mean, so, that one wasn't very good either. Yeah, the the Dumb and Dumber prequel. I was, I was going to mention too. Yeah, again. that like was if bad. You're, you're asking like other people to. You know, play play the other character. You know, play like a different character. I mean, I mean, hell, you can say that's another reason why like Solo didn't do as well at the box office. Like, you know, nobody but Harrison Ford can be Han Solo. Um, but anytime I think you have things like that coming together, then yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, a recipe for disaster. I think the other problem is is that studio executives. I mean, they see a movie make money. They assume they'll be able to make money again with the same thing. I mean, that's why we have movie franchises. But I think with comedies, it's it's also trickier because you don't know how people are going to respond to like the same jokes. You don't know it really like yeah. You have to find a balance between doing the same jokes that you did in the first movie that people like, while also doing new stuff that you know so that you don't like repeat the same thing over and over again. Um. Grown yeah, ups, so. grown ups is a good example. I like Grown Ups one and Grown Ups two kind of shit the bed in my opinion. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's funny but not. Yeah, not the same. The first, no, yeah, I mean, like, like I was thinking of like Super Troopers two, which I I enjoy. It's not as good as the first one though. I've and, actually never seen that. I yeah. want to watch it. Um, I mean. It, it, I mean, it, it came out so many years after the first one, so that's you know not a great sign. Like they actually had to go to like crowdfunding to like raise enough money to make the movie, and I think that was because like their other movies had be, had started doing less at the box office and weren't, didn't become like big cult hits the way. Big the beer first fest one. was good. I thought beer fest was really funny. Yeah. Um, but I thought that that one did a decent job of making enough like kind of callbacks and references to the first movie without. Mm-hmm doing it constantly and like they still it was like it was like the same characters acting pretty much in the same way that you like but you know they, there are some like you know like you can see like growth patterns and stuff like that or whatever but mm-hmm. you know like a lot of comedy movies just like kind of refuse to to go that route and but again like what i was saying i think like a lot of comedy movies like like the first one will do like a lot will do like really good box office and so executives think that that means that people definitely want to see a second one and then you'll see a second one come out and the box office will be so much less like hangover two to hangover three was like that uh you mentioned neighbors before neighbors two did so much smaller box office than the first yeah. one did so and um I don't know about anchorman but that one i think could almost be kind of thrown into that same classification as well i think I think Anchorman 2 
I, I think Anchorman 2 probably did more money at the box office than the first one did, because the first one, I think, was one of those movies that became more of a hit, like on DVD. Yeah. And, and, but it's like, um, I'm trying to think of one that didn't have a sequel made that you thought, could, okay, Dodgeball, for example. Yeah. Dodgeball was a, was a pretty big unexpected hit at the box office, I think, but they've never done a sequel to it. And, and I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. Do we think a sequel would have really been that good? I mean, because you can really only do so many jokes with, you know, getting hit in the face with a ball, you know? <laughs> if you can uh, dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Right. But it's like you couldn't have, like, couldn't have, like, tried to, like, repeat that movie in some way. So yeah. it's like I'm almost kind of surprised that they never did make a sequel to that. And I'm gl- but I'm glad that they didn't. Yes. Very you know? much. Um, you, uh, uh, Ted brought, to Ted Two is another one where like you brought, the box office. Joe, you brought up Harold and Kumar. I forgot until I was looking the other day. I forgot that they did a Harold and Kumar Save Christmas too. Like I saw mm-hmm. all of them, but I forgot about that. One. So oh yeah, Harold, Harold and Kumar uh, escape Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the second. Yeah. <laughs> I I, oh, I, wow. liked, I enjoyed those movies too. I enjoyed all three of those movies. So. No, they were they're they're a funny movie. I, I really <laughs> I, I I uh I like parts of all those, but Harold and Kumar too again definitely fits that whole like well we gotta be raunchier than the first one was yeah, type deal. That, that's that you're probably right about that, Pat. So yeah. Uh, yeah. but they all definitely have their moments and of course one of the one of the things of course that makes those movies work is you know that you know Patrick Harris just, you know, steals every single one of them. So <laughs> Oh, come on, he's, shooting he's shooting women at the whorehouse. <laughs> was it wasn't the Christmas one where they had the uh, they went to the house to get the Christmas tree and the, the kids were like challenging to beer pong? Well, I, it's like, he, I never saw that one. He like he like burns he like burns his father in law's like prized family Christmas tree and he's like yeah frantically replacing it because he thinks his father in law doesn't respect him and everything already and and his father in law is played by Danny Trejo so. Yeah, it's like you crossed Danny Trejo, you could end up dead. I just remember in the first one when he like they find the car and he's like, Yeah, there might be some stains all over the seats. Including <laughs> the first one Aaron Kumar go to White Castle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you wait, where are you going? Wherever the road takes me. <laughs> <laughs> and then and it's funny to me that the guy that plays shit break and then the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You, they're just like trying to watch the scene with Katie Holmes that shows her boobs. So, and the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You is the guy who's like, there's a dick on my face, right? That's all I can ever think about that guy. He's like, there's a dick on my face, right? I got a dick right there. Oh, man. So, so, it's, and it's funny. We've talked about so many different types of comedy movies. Like, we've hit on the raunchy, we've hit on the slapstick, we've hit on the just outrageously stupid stuff. Like, it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter if it's what it is TV shows, movies, just this comedy out there for everybody. Like, everybody can enjoy a good comedy movie. I mean, we can even go back, like, even like action comedies, like, Eddie Murphy with the fucking Beverly Hills Cop movies. There's, yeah. there's a, uh, a br- uh, boy, oh boy, I wow. suck with words sometimes. There is a franchise that I think all three movies did very well. Yeah. Um, none of them were as good as the original, but they all did well overall. 
Um, but those movies were great, and those were action comedies. So they, even even if you wanted comedy and you wanted action movies, you could find like an action comedy, which is crazy to me. Like you well, just well, don't have any that many crossover things. That too. Kind yeah. What, Joe? Like a sci-fi comedy. Yeah, Ghostbusters sci-fi comedy type of thing. Men, Men in Black would have classified as a sci-fi comedy. I mean, Rush Hour were, you know, were like a, you know, were, were definitely action comedies. Um, yeah, those were definitely action comedies, and those were funny. I like Chris Tucker. Like, I thought he was really, really funny I, in I those movies. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed those movies. When he's teaching yeah. Jackie Chan how to sing War. <laughs> <laughs> It's not you all, it's y'all. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> those two are just good together in those films, though. Yeah, too. They did. that was kind of like lightning yeah, and bottle, kind of. Sometimes you just put two people together and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were good together. And then you also, have, if you think about it, White Man Can't Jump. That's a basketball comedy movie because there's some comedy and there's a pretty good amount of comedy. Well, I mean, there's sports comedies, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like like Slapshot and Major League. And, the Mighty Ducks yeah. is probably yeah, you I mean, could call those yeah. comedies. Happy Gilmore basically qualifies as a sports comedy too. So some too. of our sports yeah. movies that we talked about <laughs> Kinda. Are, are also comedies. Yeah, yeah, the the longest the longest yard, the replacements. Now, which longest yard, the original oh, or the remake? Necessary roughness. <laughs> I love necessary roughness. Rob Schneider oh, is the funniest part. Is the funniest part of that movie as the uh, <laughs> as the radio announcer. He's like, you know, incidentally, sports fans, uh, quarterback Paul Blake is the only member of the team alive when the Beatles were still together. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, it's like, you know, we hope you stay for us for our for our halftime get, you know festivities as the Texas State Marching Band presents their tribute to gun racks. And open beverage containers, which is only legal in Texas. I, I, <laughs> but the I, funny part for him is like, you know, fumble, fumbleaya, fumbleuski. I like Rob Schneider a lot, so. Oh like, man, he's, like, he's hilarious. He's hilarious in that movie, though. As the, as the Bigelow, uh, like the first one was better than the second one. And, well, oh, there's yeah. there, there, okay. There's another one for the list yeah. of did, did not need a sequel. <laughs> yeah, European Gigolo was like, not good. <laughs> I like the hot chick like that Rob Schneider was in. Like I like his stuff too. So like I always like seeing him in Adam Sandler movies because I think he's funny also. You know, it's it's kind of funny though mentioning Deuce Bigel European Gigolo. <laughs> I think that movie and Scooby Doo Two. Uh-huh. <laughs> so bad. I, I think those are the only movies I have ever seen. Where they were sequels that I have not seen the original. <laughs> wow, that's and crazy. there of course is one reason uh, and one reason only I have really? seen those two movies. He's pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have anybody to go see those movies with, so I agreed to go along. <laughs> Sucker! So you saw sequels without seeing the original. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Deuce Bigelow, the original Deuce Bigelow is really funny. Like just in the beginning when he's out doing his run, the, the you know, the shed, the garage door is coming up and he goes out to do his run and the old guy's passing. He's like, on your left. And he hits him with the freaking five pound weight in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, AJ had to uh... AJ had to explain to me about um, the, the girl, I guess, that he marries at the end of the first one, who they uh-huh. like write off as having been killed in the second one. Like she appears <laughs> yeah. like. 
she hears for like 30 seconds in the second one and everything. He literally yeah. in the theater had to explain all of that that's, to me real quickly just so I understood bitch. where it was. That's what I remember from those movies. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Eddie Griffin like dropping the ice cream in the hot tub and then eating it. He would drop food in the hot tub and then eat it. Yeah, there's french fries at one point in time. <laughs> ice cream. And then oh, all the women like what? time machine. Uh, like the one had narcolepsy and she like fell asleep in her soup. All the crazy women he had to like date in the first one. Yeah. Yes, hot top time machine there, Theo. Absolutely. But there was another one. They didn't have to do the sequel. They did not have right. to do a hot top time machine. Hot tub yeah. time machine too. Like there was no need. Yeah. They couldn't get the uh, everybody from the first one back. You know, they John Cusack didn't want to do the second one, so it's like, well, what's the point then? You know. Yep. And that's not that's not me trying to compare John Cusack to Adam Scott because Adam Scott's a very fine comedic actor. Yeah. It's just that if you can't get it to be the exact same cast that you had in the first one, it's going to lose something. It just is. Yeah. And and you know all the characters are really funny, but it's like, what do you do the second time around? Like I saw the second one, but I was like, this is like not as good. Like I, I just I remember the lame. first one. I remember the first one because so much because he wins all the money because a squirrel makes it so the kicker for the Broncos misses the kick against the Clowns. And that's where he wins all his money because of the Browns and the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I, I remember that part of it. I still remember when we went to see uh, Anger Management, the guy that's like, you gotta dope that shit. Everybody's like, hey, Matt, look, you're in, the, you're in this movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm like they they found a version of me. They 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 found something similar to me in a movie. Yes, they did. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that's there's just so many good comedies. So I think that leads us into a stumper. Do we have a stumper for tonight, gentlemen? I will take your silences. Uh, nobody thought of a stumper. <laughs> no, I don't. Think this we show is. Not very well put together this week. <laughs> oh, <that happened. laughs> we got nothing. Like, do comedies do comedies typically win Academy Awards? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, some, somebody once joked that it's easier to, uh, uh, to to literally die while making a movie than it is to win an Oscar for for making a comedy, <laughs> which is um, so sad. It, it, and, 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 and in actuality, it really is only a slight exaggeration. Comedies just don't, just really just don't get, you know, aren't the movies that they pick, like, you know, for award seasons, which is why I've always kind of been grateful for the Golden Globes, because they have, you know, the best film, musical or comedy category. But of course, yeah. they've also put like The Tourist and The Martian <laughs> in that category over the years. So. <laughs> Like I don't, yeah. I, I don't. It's like okay, The Martian had a few comedic elements, like when Matt Damon's stuck on the planet and he's making jokes about how he, oh, oh shucks, he's still alive, and talking about having to use his own waste, you know, to fertilize the food that he's growing, that he's surviving, and everything. But it's like the movie's not a comedy. Definitely <laughs> not. Remotely close. Yeah. So. So since we have no stumper and we've gone on quite a bit about really good comedies, old comedies, new comedies, all different genres of comedies, 
I think it's time that we do the Mount Rushmore then. Sure. All right. More this week is going to be our favorite comedy. We'll just say of all time, I guess. We'll just go yeah. with favorite comedy of all time. Now, that's going to be pretty tough because there are so many comedy movies out there and we like so many different things. But you got to try and pick your favorite comedy of all time. Uh, and we'll put that on Mount Rushmore this week. So I will I'll start us off this week okay. um, with uh, favorite comedy of all time. And whew, boy, it's it's tough because um, some have sentimental value to me. Um, but probably my favorite comedy of all time has got to be Tommy Boy. Like Tommy Boy was just one of those movies that I can just I can sit down and watch and laugh every single time that I fucking watch that movie. And it's so funny because my wife loves that movie too. And we can sit down and I can watch it with her or stupid shit that'll come up like during a conversation, like with family. And all of a sudden we'll just start going into lines of that fucking movie. <laughs> just going into lines. Like, like uh, the other night um, we had my sister-in-law over and they were talking about the ants and they're like ants. And then they all of a sudden it turned into bees. They're attacking us. Killer bees. Like <laughs> run for your life. Your bullets cannot stop them. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. My flames are good though. I'll burn them bastards. <laughs> So it's just like stupid shit like that. Like there's just so many good memories of that movie. So many funny parts in that movie that I can't help but laugh every time I watch that. And we always do the like anytime somebody hurts, like got a sore spot on them. We're like, it doesn't hurt right here or right here, but really like right here. <laughs> you know. So it's just uh, like I said, it's just one of those movies that it, it never has gotten old. It stood the test of time. I think anybody could go back and watch that movie now that's a younger kid uh, and can watch that movie and enjoy it. Like, it's just – I think that's one of those movies that's going to be timeless that you're just going to be able to watch at, no matter what generation you are. So I throw Tommy Boy up on Mount Rushmore. All right. I'm going to kick it over to AJ. Uh, I specifically didn't bring this movie up so we could talk about it now. Tropic Thunder is my favorite comedy movie. I actually saw that with Pat. We actually saw that movie together. And I watched that movie. I could turn it right now, and I'm going to laugh at the same exact parts. Like, just everything that all the guys in that movie have moments to. It's not one person. It's everybody's funny at one point or another. When you go to the... When I was at the theater, when you see the beginning, and you're like, what the hell are these trailers for these other movies? And they're showing, like... Jack Black and his family farting. <laughs> hey, that's priceless. Who left the fridge open? And and the booty sweat. The booty sweat. Oh, man. And like Downey's so good in that movie. And like I just like and when when uh, Ben Stiller's doing the simple Jack stuff, I'm on the ground rolling. I'm sorry, but it, it, it is hilarious. So and. I Jack Black when he's like I'll 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 lick the balls I'll swallow the gravy <laughs> like everybody in that movie and Tom Cruise that might be the best cameo ever in a movie for me Tom Cruise is so good in that movie and we've never really yeah. play a jackass before and he is such an asshole well it's asshole. like it's like it's really like in a lot of ways the only time he's ever really done a comedy too uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember, uh, like, I remember hearing that he was going to be in that, 
But that they said, like, you know, he's like unrecognizable and blah, blah, blah. And of course, like, you know, you recognize his voice and everything. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, like, you know, the makeup that they put him in as Les Grossman was something. But of course, you know, that, that, you know, that became its own thing. Because remember, they had him like as Les Grossman host, like the MTV Movie Awards the one year and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, the, to me, one of the funniest things, and this is kind of like your mileage may vary if you honestly think this is funny or not. I remember there was a big controversy about that movie, but it wasn't for the fact that Robert Downey Jr. was in blackface. Mm-hmm. It was because of this, all the simple Jack stuff. <laughs> Boy, that shit and, is so funny. And it's like, it is. I'm sorry, but it is. No, both, both, both parts of that are funny for several reasons. Because, again, it's Stiller directed it, and it really is pointing the satirical lens at, back at Hollywood. So the whole conversation that like Stiller and Downey's characters have about you yeah, know comparing so comparing Simple Jack to Forrest Gump <laughs> and I am Sam and everything, you know yeah it is talking it's it's like a satire about the lengths that actors will go to presumably to try to win an award yeah and the same thing with Downey's character doing the blackface thing and of course that's also talking about how for years throughout Hollywood you know, characters that are supposed to be like minorities have been played by white actors. So it's like, to me, it, it, they both worked on a satirical level. There wasn't, it's like, if you're getting offended by it, you're missing the point of the satire, you know, that's, yes. and that's really what the whole thing was. But, but yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, um, you know, you know, Tom Cruise just really, really does. When, just, when he's like, just literally just... fuck your own thing, like into his phone. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Asian Dawn, fuck face. <laughs> First of all, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. And then just that whole that whole rant that he does. Then I've told my younger sister that if uh, my nieces and nephews get out of line, I will, uh, you know, start doing that rant at them and oh try try to eliminate the curse words and just talk about like you know raining down an ungodly firestorm upon them and that I will massacre you. So. That that was actually the first really the first time I saw Danny McBride and I also like him. And that was my first time really seeing him in a movie. And mm-hmm. even McConaughey's good. Everybody's good in that movie. So I, I, I was talking to, the, uh, to somebody about that movie a week or two ago. And I said, I think that was the movie that started to kind of rehabilitate McConaughey's image. Because I think it was by that time, like every, he had made a bunch of bad movies and he was making like, just like nothing but those bad romantic comedies. And I said, I think that was the first time that people got a sense that he was like actually also making fun of himself uh, in, in a lot of ways and that people maybe started to like kind of reappraise him and everything. So I really think that helped his career a lot, too. So it's I me. Mean, I saw the movie with Pat and me and Pat don't always agree on stuff. But I think it's a movie that me and Pat both went and saw together and actually enjoyed. Like we think it's, it's, it's a really funny movie. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely really hilarious, yeah. But yeah, when Downey Jr. I have to just like when Downey Jr. and freaking Ben Stiller are having that talk, and he's in full, you know, Downey Jr. is in full blackface, and he's just like, yeah, you you never go full tard. <laughs> like, oh my god, like well, I just know, I literally hit the floor. I was like, this is just unbelievable. Well, like, you know what else? You know what else is great about that movie, too? If you were ever to buy, like, the DVD or the Blu-ray, you have to listen to the commentary track with Stiller, Black, and Downey. Because Downey's character in the movie says, like, you know, I don't drop character until I did a DVD commentary track. So throughout the whole movie, 
he's doing the Lincoln Osiris voice. Like, like, <laughs> he's doing like the voice of like, you know, the, the black drill sergeant character that he plays. And then like when he stops being that guy and he goes back to being like the Australian, mm-hmm. you know, guy who he like is, then he starts speaking like him. And then like right at the end, like, I think when the credits start rolling, he starts speaking like as Robert Downey Jr. for the first time. <laughs> Terry and Stiller even says something like, "Oh, Robert Downey Jr., when did you get here?" <laughs> but it's like it's it's a pretty hilarious commentary track because they're all in the room together. Um, like the best commentary tracks on DVDs are when like they're all in the same room at the same time, and it's not just like you know edited together because they're sharing stories like going back and forth about like what it was all like and what they found funny and everything. And Jack Black gets like food delivered while they're recording too, and they're both like. What the hell? You ordered food and didn't ask us if we wanted any. <laughs> oh man, that's it's funny. a really good. Right. Just like I said, everybody is good. Everybody has their moments. Like it's not one person hogging the limelight. It's just everybody was really funny in that movie. So that one for me yeah. is probably always going to be my favorite funny movie I've ever seen. Yeah, like so. like like literally everybody has at least one funny moment in that movie. Whether it's you know. Um, you know, Jay Baruchel or Danny McBride or Nick Nolte or or, uh, or Steve Coogan or Bill Hader. Yep. So everybody has like a funny moment. All right. Kicking it over to Theo, the Joe man. Favorite comedy of all time. So. <clears throat> this is, uh... Well, we're waiting. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do the Caddyshack. I can still mute your fucking ass. This one's like, oh, <laughs> okay, maybe I can't on my tablet. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, I, I kind of, this movie kind of, I think, led up to another actor, Robert Williams. Uh, doing Mrs. Doubtfire because I really love Mrs. Doubtfire. But this is an 80s movie and, and has Dustin Hoffman in it. And I just find it hilarious. And that's Tootsie. Wow, you did go old school with that one. <laughs> that's for sure. I did. I did. I just enjoyed the movie. I thought it was funny as hell when I was a teenager when I first saw it. I think I was a freshman in high school. And I've heard about it, but I, I watched it with some friends. And I just found it funny. You know, just doing the whole drag thing and everything with that other guy. What was his name in that movie? Uh, uh, Charles something that thought, you know, he was in love with somebody who was really not a woman. And it was a man. But he was I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid, too. I watched that movie a lot. It was yeah. funny. I, I, just, I just found that very – it was for me. It was a very funny movie. And then when Robin Williams made Miss Doubtfire, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a – similar concept or whatever, but done differently. And I enjoyed that too. Robin Williams is always one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good Tootsie. Growing Tootsie, a little old school, 1982-ish. Yeah. yeah. So Tootsie, all right. And last, but, well, yeah, last and definitely least. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Pat, what is your favorite all-time comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and thank you for the bird. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm going. It, I mean, it's it's really hard for me to pick one. I mean, uh, the Marx Brothers movie Duck Soup is just one of the funniest movies of all time. I'm pretty sure you guys haven't seen it. I mean, the movie's practically nope. 
movie's practically 90 years old now, but so many of the jokes still work. Um, and it's funny because the movie flopped when it first came out because people didn't quite get the anti-war sentiment of the film. But it, it kind of eerily predicted Nazism in a few ways because like Adolf Hitler was just about coming into power when that movie was first released. Um, so it was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, one of the great black comedies of all time that also again had its basis in reality was Dr. Strangelove, you know, it was just, you know, a comedy. Uh, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. It's about, you know, Peter Sellers playing multiple characters and it's about like what would happen if, uh, the people that could literally press the button to drop the nuclear bombs were all idiots. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I mentioned Airplane before, you know, again, as being one of the great spoof movies where I think really like all the jokes work in that. And the fact that so many of the characters play completely deadpan, especially Robert Stack, you know, and Leslie Nielsen really helps that. But the one that I'm going to have to pick is the one above all others is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I was I was wondering if you were going to pick that. Uh, I just I, I just really have to. I mean, I, I can still remember the first time my dad showed me that movie when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. Uh, and I just I, I mean, at first I didn't get quite a bit of it. But as like the years have gone by again, it's just it, it's a movie I could probably recite if I really had to. Um, but, you know, it. it, it right from the beginning it starts off it's like with the opening credits it's like it's playing this like really like overly dramatic music and then there has all these subtitles that are supposed to be swedish that start saying about taking a holiday in sweden and then like oh my sister got bit by a moose once and then like the credits like stop and it says that they fired the people who were responsible for the subtitles and then they repeat that joke two more times before they finish the end credits and then the first sight that you see in the movie then is two guys pretending to ride horses while one of them is banging coconuts together. <laughs> and the reason for it being, of course, is that they had so little money to do the movie, they literally could not afford horses. So that was why the whole banging the coconuts together became a part of the movie, and it's such a vital part of the movie then. Mm -hmm. And they make, and you know, of course, the, the French taunter character played by John Cleese makes reference of it at the end of the movie. It's like, so you thought you could act with us French folk with your silly knees bent running about the fencing behavior, eh? <laughs> so just, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's so many different forms of comedy that exist in it too. Uh, you know, they, they get like dirty and raunchy with it, you know, it's like, it's what they could for like the mid seventies, you know, at, at the yeah. time and everything. And the fact that it, of course, in true Monty Python fashion, that it doesn't have the punchline of the ending because when they're about to invade the castle, the police come and arrest them all. Uh, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's anarchy at its best, basically, because they just, you know, they kind of flies in the face of expectations. So, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's hilarious from start to finish. So no, I got to go it, with Monty Python. Yeah, no, that is, that movie is freaking hilarious. Like, well, like you said, with the French guy, I, I fart in your general direction. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing too, is like when, the, when I first you a saw second Monty, time, <laughs> when I first saw Monty Python's life of Brian a few years later, which a lot of people say is the superior film. I said, it might be the superior film. I just don't think it's as funny and I don't like it as much while it's still very, very good. I remember I first got upset at the end of watching Monty Python, uh, life of Brian, because they're all up on the crosses being crucified while they're singing, always look on the bright side of life. 
Um, but I think it was my younger sister who reminded me. But in Holy Grail, the cops just come and arrest them all. So that movie doesn't have a real ending either. And then I went, holy shit, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of helped me appreciate that more in that respect, too. So, yeah. But Monty well, Python, you know, all the Monty Python movies are hilarious. Yeah. So. In the Black Knight, he cuts off his arm. He's like, but it is a scratch. <laughs> it is but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. I've had worse. You liar. And then by the time he gets down to it, he's just ahead. He's like, come here. I'll bite your ankles. <laughs> like... <laughs> this is a good movie. So, and, yes. You that's... know, and of course, you have the knights who say knee who want a shrubbery, you know, and it's like, we the, the are the knights horrible. of knee, and we demand a shrubbery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that movie is just really funny, really funny stuff. And surprisingly, can you believe it? We didn't actually talk about Robin Williams when we talked about comedies. Isn't that crazy? Because Robin Williams has probably done so many comedy movies. It's kind of crazy that we didn't think about it or talk about yeah, it. But I, I'll be honest. I, I don't like talking about Robin Williams a lot. And the reason for it is because, you know, the end of his life just. Yes. Such a, such a tragedy, really. And it's like, I guess apparently now we know that one of the reasons he did it is because I think he's found out he was suffering from uh, Louis body dementia, which is pretty well fatal. I think everybody who gets that will, you know, dies of it eventually. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, he just kind of go through it or whatever, but it's, it's just so sad to think about a man that, you know, was so funny and, and did so many great comedies, you know, that he would be in like in such condition, I guess you want to say that yeah. decided that that was what he had to do. So, yeah. We, I mean, we, there's, I mean, it's hard to talk about everything. I mean, we didn't talk yeah. about any of John Hughes' movies either, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and stuff like that. So yeah, true. There's just, there's just too much to cover. But to recap our Mount Rushmore of favorite comedy movies of all time, we have Tommy Boy, Tropic Thunder, Tootsie, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Wow. Three of them start with a T. Tommy Boy, Tootsie, and Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yes. Quite an eclectic uh, Mount Rushmore this time with the favorite comedy movies. Definitely uh, was definitely thrown off by two of them for sure. I did not expect Tropic Thunder or Tootsie to be thrown in there. But just kind of shows you where we all come from and how many different comedy movies are out there and what we all enjoy and like. Um, so what's our topic next time? I don't, I don't think I know either. I don't think any of us know. So... We're going to have something, guys. It's up in the air. It's, it's up in the air. <laughs> You're going to have to tune in right to our next episode to find out what we talk about because even we don't know. This is how well organized we are. Uh, we don't know ever what we're going to talk about or if we have a stumper or anything like that. Hey, but that's what makes the show fun for us and for you. There's been holidays recently. Everything's still crazy out in the world. There's more holidays coming up. I mean, you know... Th- Things happen, okay? Oh, you had too much turkey. It's still affecting you? What's going on? <laughs> He's still sleepy from the... Tr- from the trick to mental fun, 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 whatever that is. No, no, no. I, I, I got over that. I'm, I'm thinking more about, you know, what's coming up for me at the end of the month. So, you know. Yes. All right. So, with that, we are going to say good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're seeing this. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.